0: Hello and welcome to the Spire's Lookout, the unofficial podcast for Too Many Bones, Cloud Spire, and all things Chip Theory games. Music by Mont Hello and welcome, everybody. Uh, we're here uh, from the Spire's Lookout. We're chilling. We're grilling, and we might even be villains. I think hmm. I would say. We, I hope you guys enjoyed um, last week's first episode with uh, decent audio quality. Yes. Caleb texted me, and he like right after I published the episode, and he's like, "Wow, it's amazing! We have a good episode now. First (laughs) good episode. It's so funny. So we'll we'll hopefully try to uh, avoid any further audio hiccups. We're still learning this, so bear with. So this week we've got some things to talk about. We're we're doing kind of a unique uh sort of unique topic i think um i don't really see anybody else out there covering this kind of stuff
1: caleb do you want to introduce our concept you want me to do it um i yeah i can introduce it so we are going to be talking about um the best way to get into the game money wise Mm -hmm. Um, just where you want to start what you're going to get the most bang for your buck on Um, yeah we're going to talk about a, a couple of um, the expansions, different characters you can get on their own. Oh,
0: baby girl, we're going to talk about
1: all the expansions. We're going to talk about all the expansions.
0: We're going to talk about everything Too Many Bones. Um, it was so funny. I saw on the like most recent Kickstarter, they had their all-in pledge. And this was like a true all-in pledge. It was everything, everything. And it was funny because Chip Theory even published a statement where it was like, we don't want to do this. We only made this kind of a pledge because we were asked. We were asked to make this kind of a pledge, and so we are making it, but it was like $1,100. It was insane. Yeah. And I think that was even at a discounted price, which, when I look at my own collection that includes everything, and I realize that I have spent more than $1,100.
1: Much (laughs) more than that. More than that on this
0: game. Um, And uh, we all know how prices have risen in the last year or two, um, well, really last year, but and so things are actually even more expensive now. So, and and you know, that's that's nobody's fault. It's certainly not Chip Theory's fault. That's that's everywhere, that's across yeah. the board. Groceries are more expensive. Um, but we want to talk about a reasonable way to get into this game on a budget. Yeah. Um, because I really do think that this game can be like, obviously, it's never going to be a budget game, no. right?
1: It it would be extremely difficult to make it a budget game.
0: Totally, um, I just I just don't think that that's what Chip Theory is going for. That's not what Chip Theory is known for. and also like, that's pretty obvious, right? Like you look at these big plastic components and you're like, okay, obviously this is not some cheapo target game. No, right? Um, I think I'm reminded of like Spirit Island and the the expansion that they recently. Did for um, their like playable copy for Horizons? You called me out
1: for buying stuff at Target.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying that Target is cheapo. Please Uh, don't sue us, Target. (laughs) Um, (laughs) This is not a defamation. I'm just saying, like you know, we don't have like a version of this game that is cheaper and easier to get into like say the target exclusives that Spirit we've seen. Island
1: has a very good one. Yes,
0: Horizons um, of Spirit Island, which I love. Yeah. I think that's a
1: fantastic way to get into the game and it's $30. Yeah, it's, like that's insane. It's good value. Pieces aren't going to be all that. Of course. Unfortunately, but I mean it's you you get to decide whether or not you actually want to spend more money on the game right. and, with a cheaper copy.
0: And you also get things like jaws of the lion for mm, Gloomhaven. Yes. Like this has been done before. Um, and I, I really do like that kind of a thing, but I
1: do think that it probably doesn't translate to too many bones. Yeah. Um, I, I like how too many bones is too I do much too. to take if they would make a cheaper copy. I don't think I would even really consider it just because of no. how much I value the components of the game.
0: I do too. And, and I even, that's almost my biggest hesitancy with like the TTS like tabletop simulator version of this game like I know it does exist and I've heard some good things um I still haven't tried it I I've, it's it's on my to-do list I'm, I'm going to do it at some point point. and it's like everything and tabletop simulator is like what $20 $25 and you can get it on a Steam sale like every yeah. other week um and then the mod of course is free but I still feel like like you're missing something with these components because these components are kind of I don't wanna say everything to the game, but they're
1: they do add some heft. Yeah, here. the value that you get out of just having extremely nice and valuable pieces. I mean I, I really can't imagine playing without like the, the nice heavy tokens and the, mm-hmm. the really nice mats. Like if they had like a piece of paper Right. Can you you imagine how much less satisfying that would be? that would feel really awful. Now,
0: I could see someday, maybe, and I know this, again, goes against Chip Theory's whole mission statement and everything, but, I mean, like, if you had, like, a... Because, like, have you ever seen, like, where they have the double-layer cardboard? Oh, yeah. Those are really cool. I could totally see something like that for a gear lock mat. Um, I could see, instead of the... I mean, instead of doing poker chips, you do, like... Cardboard components—it obviously you could would do not it. have the same punch. Yeah,
1: but it is possible, right? You so can even just do like cheaper poker chips than the ones they currently have.
0: That's true. Even if even if like the the baddie poker chips and the Gearlock chips were on the same <clears throat> kind of component level as the standard health chips or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I feel like it is possible, um, but of course we don't have anything like that yet. So what we wanted to talk about today is what we do have and what we kind would of... recommend. Yeah, what we would recommend. You know, what are what are the... Um, best bang for your buck. Best bang for, for your buck. Easiest way to get into it. Easiest way to get into it and, and still have fun, right? You yeah. have... Exactly. Because I do think, like the way that I got into this game, well, I should say we, um, we started with the base game, we played our four gear locks and we went through kind of all of the... The phases of the base game. Maybe this leads straight into our discussion of the base game. Um, let's let's actually just jump right to that. So you've got three different entry points here, right? right? Um, you can start with the base game. You can start with Undertow, or now you can start with Unbreakable, their most recent um, their most recent version of the game. Um, each of these have pros and cons. The base game runs at 150 US dollars um, as of today on their website. Um, I don't think I bought my copy for 150. I think when I got it, it was probably like 110 or something like that. Did you do the Kickstarter for it? Or? No, I wasn't quite that early enough. I got the base game. I think I got it secondhand off of something, but it was like like the components are still fantastic, and I have never noticed any difference. But I do see in the base game there's there's a couple of things to note here. So. With the base game, you do get four gearlocks, right? We get Boomer, we get Tantrum, we get Picket, um, and we get Patches. Right. I almost forgot your boy there. My favorite. And then you get, what is it, five Tyrants, I think? Five Tyrants with the base game. And I think that the base game has some issues, right? The base game, it only includes a set number of day one to three cards, right? So these are the encounters that you have to do at the very beginning of every adventure. And you remember when we were playing, like, the very first day where we, you know, played, like, nine hours nonstop of this game, Mm. we hated those first three days. Yeah. We were so tired of them. I remember, I remember, like, I... still I still won't play with those with those three <laughs> specific I am with those three specific day one day one to three encounters because they are so annoying to me even still yeah and it's been what two three years <laughs> something like that Um, and like honestly just that one day was enough of those stupid couple of um, stupid couple of encounters and I mean I think, like, there is a solution to this, right? If you pick up the 40 Days in Day Lore expansion, it has extra day one, two, three encounters. Right. Um, so it does fix this, but that's an additional $30. Yeah. So if you're looking at the base game and you want to not have these annoying day one through three encounters... Right. Um, you're already looking at an additional $30. So that's, we're at $180. 180 is a hefty sum. That is a hefty for, sum.
1: Even for most board games that I, I see in a board game shop, it's around like totally. $120, 100 and something right. like
0: that. And I mean, in today's modern Kickstarter world, like $180 Kickstarter pledge is not unheard of. No. Right?
1: I, I literally just made like a $200 one. Oh yeah, what'd a you get? Um, I think, it, I don't know if it was exactly 200 but... It's uh, the Monster Hunter
0: Iceborne. Oh, of course you did.
1: Yeah, it was it was pretty expensive, but I really want it. <laughs> I mean, it's Monster Hunter. We, yeah. We're both huge
0: Monster Hunter nerds. Oh, yeah. Grew up on that. We really did. That was like one of the first games we played. Yeah. Not to like totally sidetrack us, but um, yeah. So with, with our base game, Too Many Bones, um, you do get, again, you do get those four gear locks. And I think that that's honestly the best case. Like that's the best not the best case, the best argument for starting with the base game is you do get four separate gear locks.
1: Yeah, and I would say at the same time you get very simple gear locks. They are. It, it is easier to to understand the, fundament, like the fundamental values of the game with something that's a little bit more straightforward. I would that's say true. the bad guys are a little bit more straightforward as well. Um, just the classes that they come with are like mm-hmm. the more basic ones. You don't have, like, the lava flow and everything, so... Right. There's nothing
0: lava flow, and you also, like... You don't have to deal with Kreln, you don't have to deal with mechs, you don't have to deal with anything complicated on the map, Right.
1: Which, it's also a double-edged sword, because you play it enough, and it's like, okay, well, this is kind of boring now. Right. Not a lot of replay value, if, if it's that simple.
0: And a lot of critique that I've heard for this game is that the spatial puzzle in the base game is not very... Like, it's not a very good spatial puzzle, right? Like, no. You, you're you pretty much you're either a ranged guy in which you don't care about, you know, adjacency at all.
1: You pretty much just sit there the whole game.
0: Right. Or you're melee, and you start next to the guy that you're going to punch, and then the other guys that you're going to punch are going to walk up to you later. And at worst, maybe you spend one or two decks to move around a little bit. But, like, that hardly ever happens on the base no. game. Like, you really don't worry about... The spatial puzzle
1: of it. Yeah, like there's no environment or setting, mm-hmm. um, like rocks or anything that would like be in your path to like change how you'd be moving on the board. And then like once you get into Undertale and um, and, unbreakable. and unbreakable, obviously they have the lava and the uh, the raft as well as the water portions. So it it does add a lot more as far as gameplay and how you need to strategically move your characters around. Yes i i feel like they could have maybe done an expansion for the first game just doing encounters where you had stuff blocking your path like like i said like a landslide or
0: i think there is like i want to say there's like one or two encounters in the base game set that it has you like oh stack a bunch of health chips and that's a rock you have to avoid Mm -hmm. you know so like i think they tried that but i don't know like i said it's, it's obviously, since I'm having trouble recalling it and I play this game all the yeah. time, it obviously wasn't that
1: impactful. No.
0: So I do think that the base game is the weakest of the three entry points. You're looking at a big hefty price tag. The gear locks you get, while they are somewhat interesting, none of the gear locks in Too Many Bones at all are, like, worthless. Like, there are no, no. worthless gear locks.
1: But uninteresting, yes. A worthless, little uninteresting.
0: No. Because Patches, I mean, we've already talked about Patches. Yeah. He's really straightforward. Tantrum is a little more complex, but once you figure him out, he's also pretty straightforward. Yeah. Picket is incredibly straightforward, and Boomer is also kind of cut and dry. It's, like, it's
1: the four main classes that we yeah. just went straight into.
0: Range damage dealer, uh, tank, you healer, uh, healer, and fighter, um, brawler, and whatever your, you want to call it oh wait a second we're doubling up now did we forget someone? it's it's ranged gosh we're gonna we're gonna start over here <laughs> boomer is your ranged damage dealer you've got a melee damage dealer in tantrum you've got a tank in picket and you've got a support in patches right. okay there we go we, we got there eventually but, uh, like, you can mitigate this issue by picking up some extra gear locks, right?
1: Yeah, you definitely could.
0: But you're looking at even more money as yeah. your initial investment. Money.
1: How much is it for each individual? 30. It's, $30. it's
0: $30 per gear lock that you're picking up. So you're already looking at almost $200 worth of initial investment. And that's a lot to ask from somebody. Like, yeah. I, again, I know that we kind of, in the board game community, are sort of trying to normalize this $200 Kickstarter giant all-in box, but it's it's a lot. And I also think, you know, again, I'm, I'm thinking of this $1,100 all-in pledge. I saw people online who had never played Too Many Bones, oh, man. didn't know that much about the system and somehow had $1,100 just lying around and went all in on that tier. They get it, and they're like, and first of all, their their initial reaction is, holy cow, what do I do with all this? Yeah. Like, how do I even begin? And then their second reaction was, where can I sell this, right? Yeah. And I I don't, like, this is a beautiful game. This is a fantastic game system. There's a lot to unpack here, but you're really kind of shooting yourself in the foot if you're just, I don't know if you're over investing.
1: So especially if you're if you're not like an avid board game player as right. well. Right. Like there's probably people out there that are like, oh, this looks cool. I don't play a lot of board games, but it looks interesting, or like they like D and D, and it kind of looks similar. Yeah, it has and a similar. They're feel. like, oh, you know what? I'll go in, but they see the the one thousand one hundred dollar box, and they're like. Oh, I guess I'll go for this one. Right. And
0: that's just that's just insane. Like it's it truly does not have to be that bad. It's the
1: it's the have to buy the DLC version mentality. Yes. It <laughs> what is. if I'm missing out on this? It's it's it's
0: FOMO, right? We talk about this a lot in again in the board game community. We talk about FOMO, the fear of missing out. It is a brutal thing to try and combat. And so, you know, I hope I hope that this episode kind of helps with that. But So, with the base game box, again, $150 you're looking at some weaker gearlocks, some not necessarily weak tyrants, but I do think they're kind of uninteresting. They're basic. They don't interact with you throughout the course of the adventure very much. Um, they're, they're just boring. Like, they don't really do much that's yeah. cool, and you don't get a campaign mode mm. um, in the base box, which is a negative because the other entry points do. In order right. for you to get a comparable amount of content, right? You are already looking at picking up Age, or sorry, you're looking at picking up forty days in Daylore for thirty bucks. You're looking at picking up Age of Tyranny for an additional thirty bucks for that campaign mode. You're already putting yourself at what is that, a hundred or two hundred and ten bucks, and then maybe if you're looking for a more interesting gear lock, you're going up from Another there. Another thirty bucks, right? And it's just it's a lot, um, especially because this game you know it's a pretty heavy game and you do have to pay for shipping right chip theory games is amazing and they offer flat rate shipping a lot of times or sometimes even free shipping they're really cool for doing that but the shipping is not negligible like it's right. not nothing
1: and i feel like we're we're being a little bit negative with the base game we are and kind of like just talking about this a lot but there are better ways to really uh, invest in the game especially yes. starting out um, which I think would bring us to undertow.
0: I think so too. I think we jump into a little bit more of a positive.
1: Yeah. So undertow. Um, undertow is the one with the raft mat where you have the uh, Krellen or Krelln. I've always said Krelln.
0: Krelln. Like, but it's it's K R E L L N. Okay.
1: As someone with a speech impediment. No, <laughs> no. Uh, but uh, already you have a more interesting board with more you do. dynamics. Um, I love the Undertow um, Undertow board. I think it's my favorite personally. It's really I, cool. I like the the crown. I love um. Uh, what's the tentacle boss? Oh, barnacle. Barnacle. One uh, of my favorite bosses. A lot of
0: the bosses in Undertow are at least more interesting, yes. right? Like. Barnacle is a great example. You've also got Nobulus in mm. there with his abomination that yes, he pulls out. Nobulous. He can do some weird stuff with the abomination. There's even a way where you can become the abomination. Like, it's a little bit more engaging on that front. Exactly. Um, and like you mentioned, the the uh, the mat there is much more interesting. You've got this right. double sided mat that has a land side and a raft side, like a water raft side. Um, and on the water side, you do have a little bit more going on with your spatial puzzle. Because your spawn points are on the outside instead of being, you exactly. know, you're lining up. It's it's hard to describe over an audio medial. medial yeah, it's but,
1: like just you have a certain column, you have a certain column that right. the two characters start with.
0: Um, whereas on this on this raft mat, it's a little bit more spread out. You have a little bit more of that kind of spatial puzzle. And then you also have the added spatial puzzle of the wreckage coming in, right? Right. When the Krellm, these like water fish baddies, when they uh, don't have a target to attack that's close to them, they will start eating at your raft. Mm. And if they get four damage on your raft, you lose. Um, and any spots that they have eaten cost extra dexterity to go on to.
1: Or to get out of if you end up falling in the water. Yes, yes.
0: So you do, um, you do end up with more, more of that spatial puzzle, and I think it's a lot stronger there. I also really like the mechs. I think that the mechs are interesting.
1: I actually I feel like I didn't get a lot of gameplay with the mechs. I, I feel like it was mostly just me playing Gasket mm-hmm. and then playing, well who was the other character who was good against mechs? What was it? Um, Duster is Duster, really good yeah. against mechs but because I, I of feel the like Vibroblade. I never actually played against mechs very often for it to really impact me. I, I do really like the crown. I think that, crown personally I think that's the highlight of the uh, Undertow expansion, but
0: I think so too. I think the Krellin are really, really interesting. Um, and there's even a great way to expand on some of the baddies that you get in Undertow um, with the 40 waves in Daylore lore content.
1: Exactly.
0: Um, it's an additional $30, which again is a lot to ask as an entry point, but it's pretty good bang at for your buck. Instead of, instead of 180, uh, right, 180 or 110 or wherever we got up to, 210. Uh, 210 yeah. thank you um but for you know 130 dollars is pretty reasonable yeah you also do get a campaign mode in undertow just the basic box you also get more than one set of those day one through three cards and actually right. they even cut it down it's only one through two cards which is i kind of think better I like the one to, like, just having those first two starting days instead of three. It makes the game feel like it picks up a little bit quicker. Yeah, I mean,
1: I want to get to the action. I don't want to stand around, you know?
0: And I think that the tyrants that come in Undertow are pretty solid. Yes. Um, Again, we mentioned Barnacle. Barnacle is fun. I do think his basic form is maybe a little weaker than I'd like him to have, but Mm -hmm. you can also pick up Rage of Tyranny later on if you want that increased difficulty. Mm -hmm. Um, the baddie types I think there's decent diversity there um, you do end up of course with a lot of you only end up with the kobolds what is it it's kobolds goblins and oh goodness kobolds goblins and what's the last one
1: the the ones they added on
0: yes in undertow specifically it's kobolds goblins and oh this is going to drive me crazy I'm just going to have editing Nick put this in because <laughs> ugh. it's beasts come on
1: Who forgets this?
0: Anyway, you only end up with three specific clans of baddies, but the Crownland mech do give you some diversity there. Um, So that's not nothing. That's not entirely negligible. Um, What gear locks were in Undertow? So the two gear locks that you get in Undertow, you get Duster and you get Stanza. Now, I do think this might be Undertow's maybe weakest point. Mm. Um... Not to say that I don't like Duster and Stanza. I do. I like both of them a lot. Duster is strong-ish.
1: Especially against mechs.
0: But especially against mechs. Um, and especially somewhere where she can utilize her innate ability to you know, be in weird parts of the Traverse map. Traverse
1: the map, yeah. Which
0: is really good on Undertow, right? Where we've got this extra spatial puzzle. Um, her wolf is pretty solid. And if you're doing like a campaign mode she can end up becoming really strong. Yeah, She benefits really well from longer games. Um, I think that Duster is kind of your go-to for a newer player. Okay. Um, of these two, at least. <laughs> yeah, of the two, for sure. Because Stanza is a lot to ask. Yeah. Um, that's not to say that she's not rewarding. She's incredibly rewarding. I actually think she's among my favorite gearlocks to play.
1: Definitely a high skill cap, I would say.
0: Very high skill cap. I would actually even say she has a high skill floor. The, the barrier to entry for stanza is... It is high. You have to understand how your Lutar dice works. You have to understand how your dexterity interacts with that. You have to be able to do some timing on your songs and i think that that's a lot to ask of a new player i really do
1: yeah i mean i'm someone who like i don't care for reading two pages of uh how the character works (laughs) so typically i gravitate towards ones with less uh less reading and less um uh,
0: kind of unique mechanics yeah
1: and stanza for sure you you have to really read and understand everything that you're reading you can't just glaze by it and kind of just play it which is how i kind of like i like to just glaze by and be like okay i get the gist of it let's just go into it
0: for sure um i do think though this does lead us into an interesting conversation because you also do have a lot of gear locks that are available as standalone expansions yes you just purchase an individual gear lock i think that undertow in particular can really benefit from that system So the gear locks that you can purchase on their own, you can purchase Nugget, Gilly, Tank, Gasket, Dart, the Lab Rats, Static, Carcass, Polaris, and Riffle, although he's kind of weird.
1: We'll get to him in a bit. Yes, we will.
0: Um, But I do think that with Undertow, if you are getting this game and you want two or more people to be playing this game for the very first time and if you don't think that either of them would be super down to dive into Stanza, you do have an additional option. You can add an extra gear lock on there.
1: And what what gear lock would you recommend specifically for Undertow?
0: Specifically Mm -hmm. for Undertow, that's a good question. I think specifically for Undertow, you've got Gasket as an incredible... I was thinking
1: Gasket as well.
0: Gasket was designed alongside Undertow, and so Gasket does work really, really well in that setting. Maybe Gilly just I would, for
1: a range support. I would or also sorry, say range damage dealer. Yes,
0: I would definitely also say Gilly, and I think my final pick there would be Static. Um, all three of them are pretty simple. Gilly or not Gilly, Gasket is probably the most complex of those three. Yeah. Um, but if you if you and a friend are really not wanting to dive into the complexity, but you do want to get into this game. Maybe picking up one of those three gear locks alongside Undertow is a good way to go about it, because that way one person can play Duster, one person can play Gilly Gasket or Static, and then you can save Stanza for when you kind of graduate a little bit.
1: Yeah,
0: um, you play a couple of games and then you can jump into uh, her kit.
1: I, I, she is fun. Yeah. she's an amazing gear lock. And I would say if if you do end up going into Undertow first, or sorry, Undertow, Undertow first. <laughs> I would say maybe pick up a couple extra gear locks. You don't have to do the ones we recommend. We just think those would be the best bang for your buck. For sure. Um, just to kind of complete um, just all the different um, classes, I guess, that you would want to have. Kind of fill
0: out your roster a yeah. little bit. I would definitely say to avoid Dart, the Lab Rats, or Polaris yes. as your first add-on gear lock. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of reasons why, but those three in particular are really high-complexity gearlocks. I know there are a lot of people in the community who... Swear by them? Th- yeah, there's a lot of people in the community who swear by them, including me. I love both Dart and the Lab Rats in particular, and Caleb, you love Polaris. Oh, yeah. Um, they're amazing gearlocks, but they are really complex and i know that there's there's more than one like content creator i have seen for too many bones so like they play a lot of too many bones and they like refuse to even touch the lab rats. Mm-hmm. like just full
1: stop i, I am one of those people who have <laughs> not touched lab rats. to be fair also haven't touched stanza that's true i feel like having seen you play them i kind of grasp their concept
0: for sure, and we're gonna we're gonna make you play stanza. I will play stanza. <laughs> uh, that's a that's a requirement. Okay, I think that moves us past undertow. Undertow is a great entry point. Um, it is one of your one of the two options that we're gonna recommend. Um, you just have to be aware that there is a little bit of a complexity spike with stanza. Yes. Um, so let's move on to unbreakable. We've also got two gear locks that come in unbreakable. You've got Gale and you've got Figment. We'll talk more about them in a second, but Unbreakable focuses around this lava mat that you've got. So you've got these reversible chips, the lava chips that slot into the mat. And when they're on their cool side, they just act as regular spaces, but when they're flipped to the lava side, they deal true damage to every gear lock that ends their turn there, and also to every baddie there Um, every baddie who ends their turn there, except for break-type baddies. They are the the fun exception. Um, You do get three different types of baddies here, three different clans. This one I definitely do know. You've got orcs, you've got bog, and you've got trolls. I do think that those three are really interesting. I think that the baddies that come here are really interesting. Oh. I said three clans. You've actually got a fourth, the obvious one, the break. Right. The break-type baddies. Um, the break-type baddies are crazy.
1: Oh, they're the most difficult baddies, I would have to say.
0: Definitely. I think of the basic clans, and I'd even say they're tougher than Krellman Yeah. by and large... Sure. Um, you know, obviously not all of them, but most of them like they can combo with each other really. Even,
1: even the one painfully. point baddies yeah. are extremely difficult to deal with. You
0: get like you get like some of the, the combinations of skills where they're, you know, just making lava everywhere and then they make themselves selves immune to damage with like smokescreen, or they're healing themselves, or they're poisoning you. Like they can do like there's really a lot in that break yeah. clan. Um, so it
1: is definitely not something to scoff at No and I I would say if you are gonna start with unbreakable just know it's gonna be difficult. there's higher complexity enemies. I, I would say even like with figment and Gale higher complexity gearlocks, especially I, with figment.
0: Figment I actually I might push back on that a little bit. So Gale I think is actually the easiest gearlock to get into of any gearlocks except for maybe
1: like picket
0: or maybe patches. I'd say picket and patches would definitely be
1: easier. They they might be easier. I okay, my thing with it is I thought Gale was very underwhelming. Yes, you did. Especially you did not like Gale. When I played her with you playing Figment, when I played
0: Figment, it's it's easy to see Gale be bad. But I, <laughs> All right. All right. I think you got it. <laughs> but with that being said, I think that Gale is still like, she's not a pushover. She does. She can hold her own. She does still hold her own. She is still a pretty darn easy teach. I think that if I were to teach somebody this game for the first time, and if I didn't have Picket and Patches, I would pick Gale of the rest of them. Okay. I think that would Figment, though,
1: I would say Figment is definitely higher complexity. Definitely higher He's than Gale. more like the stanza to the... I think... For the...
0: Yes, he is more the stanza of this of set. Of
1: Unbreakable, yeah.
0: But I do think that he's less complex than stanza.
1: Yeah, I would, I would agree with that.
0: Um, other than that, uh, in the Unbreakable set, you're dealing with a pretty similar swath. Um, like Undertow, you've got... My goodness, I should have double checked, but I'm pretty sure it's five tyrants in Unbreakable as well as Undertow. Yeah, memory, memory is. And let's to- name all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Kill myself. <laughs> um, you also have multiple sets of the one to two day cards. You've got a campaign mode that's baked in. Um, Unbreakable is. I do think the weakest point for Unbreakable is the difficulty yes. that you have here because there are some tyrants that are just brutal um i think that cinder in particular is really really like he's infamously difficult yeah
1: that's the one that that's when we recently we did, did recently I, I would say you have to be prepared to fight cinder like you're gonna have to fight him a couple times to really understand how to beat him honestly before yeah. you're you're gonna because you have to prepare before getting to him yep and build the right things in order to, we, to move around and
0: and we still haven't even fought Nexus. Like we Ugh. still, I'm like kind of dreading that fight. Yeah. Um. I we actually might do that after this podcast. Okay. That's kind of the one that I was planning, uh, for us today. But, um, I do think that I do think that uh, that Unbreakable does have a little bit of a higher difficulty spike to it. But you do have a decent option with that. You can always turn the difficulty down. You can start the game at the easier difficulty. You give yourself some extra health, some extra training points, and it is totally playable as a new player.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I don't think you have to be ashamed to do that in Unbreakable either, because it is, I mean, we've played countless hours yeah so many hours and we still struggle with it so i mean i mean we don't play on the easiest mode but we i think we do like we do the the medium the medium difficulty difficulty. most of the time yeah
0: um i've done a few times doing the hardest difficulty and i just always feel like things are so luck dependent like it's just Mm. everything is dependent on your draw your gear lock um i think that the medium difficulty is the best for casual play like if i was really trying to like Okay, I'm trying to I'm trying to set a record. I'm trying to speed run this. You know, I'm trying to I'm I'm like going for for the for the for the throat here. And then like yeah, okay, I'd turn it up to the highest difficulty. But I think the game is plenty challenging and plenty interesting at the basic yeah. difficulty. And there is no shame at all in turning the difficulty. I
1: I honestly prefer like the mid difficulty because mm-hmm. it's not too easy, but also you get to start with a couple more skill points so that you can actually build up your character if it's going to be a shorter game or if you lose. (laughs) Right.
0: And Unbreakable is, like Undertow, coming in at $100. So if you are still wanting to add things on there, you do have some options. You can grab the 30 caves in Daylore expansion. And I know that it's really funny that Chip Theory did this, you know, play on words thing with a lot of their expansions. But can I just say for an audio medium, this is, it's a little bit tough to differentiate between 40 yeah. days, 40 waves, and 40 caves. Like, ugh, we need some kind of way acronym to differentiate. Yeah, we something. need an acronym. Maybe it's like 40 days is 40 D, and then 40 W, 40, 40, 40 C, uh, 40 CCs of.
1: God, do we sound like nerds. <laughs> yeah,
0: we really do. Um, and Age of Tyranny and Rage of Tyranny do the same thing. But yeah. That's kind of unbreakable, and, and then with Unbreakable and Undertow, you've got some space in your budget. If you are, like, if you are still budgeted out to be able to afford the base game plus the extra things that you'd need, if you still have $210 that you're willing to spend as an introduction point,
1: then you can start getting gear locks. You yeah. can
0: start getting the cool stuff.
1: And just just to put this out here, you only need one, mat. You really you, do. You can go into like I would I would personally go into undertow and unbreakable, but yeah. You could choose like undertow and then just pick a couple gear locks that mm-hmm. you think seem interesting and then you really don't need to buy anything else. Yeah. Unless you, you find that you really love the game and you want to.
0: For sure. And I think and again we're we're in, in this episode we're really talking about ways to introduce yourself to this game, right? You don't have to introduce yourself By spending an arm and a leg you can introduce yourself in a cheaper scale and then if you like the game that's when you start picking up the rest of it right you can start okay i really like this game and i really like you know i picked up undertow and i really like the um the types of baddies that we've got great pick up 40 waves um or 40 w in our new nomenclature because we're cool because we're cool that way we come up with nomenclature Um, and, you know, same thing with Unbreakable, or, you know, if you end up being like, hey, I've got Undertow, and I just, I wish there was a little more difficulty here, you can grab Rage of Tyranny, that still works, ROT is still plenty difficult, and there's even more options than that, right? You've also got Splice and Dice for $65, and you've got the Automaton of Shale for $55, Now, these ones I will warn new players away from a little bit. Because Splice and Dice, it is a collection of unique baddies. It's got a couple of alternate game modes. And it's also got some Tyrants. Now, I do think the Tyrants in Splice and Dice are really cool. They're really interesting. They're really fun. Um, I, I, I like them a lot. I do think that the like, dual-type baddies are a little strange. We hardly ever play with them. Um, I think I think I played with them for, like, a month when I first got splice and dice, and I honestly just got so tired of seeing those splice and dice things come up because what, what it is, it's a dual-type, right? So it's got two different clans for this baddie, and then if you go up against a tyrant that has either of those clans in their lineup, then you end up with this baddie. So you just end up seeing these baddies a lot more. I don't know. I thought Splice and Dice was a little weak. Um, it's also it's one of the more
1: expensive. It is uh, add-ons that you can get as well. Sixty-five dollars. Sixty-five dollars.
0: That is that's nothing to sneeze at. I see mean, that. you could
1: get a couple games, like smaller games, albeit, but games for sixty-five dollars. Or
0: you know, two gear locks.
1: Exactly. Like Which I, I, personally, would recommend getting more gear locks than some of the other stuff i think so too depends on what you really want to do
0: it does it depends on what you're really into with this game if you're looking for more variety in your encounters but you don't really care about your um about the gear locks that you're playing then okay you could go into something like splice and dice or automaton of shale which we'll talk about in a second but i do think that most of the heart of this game comes from the gear locks and building them up and going finding one them. you like. Yeah.
1: Find one that you you feel like you I mean, I'm sure everyone would love to get into Stanza and just spend like 30 40 hours just <laughs> really getting good at her. You I mean, maybe not everyone, but you know, nerds like us, <laughs> nerds like <laughs> us. Who, uh, who do this for fun? <laughs> our our audience that we're calling nerds as well. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not saying it's a bad
0: thing. No. But. No, nerds with we say with love. Yeah. Um yeah, so you do have some options there now that does lead us into our discussion of automaton of shale um in automaton of shale we are going to discuss some spoilers in this section so just fair warning uh there are some kind of spoilers in here so be prepared Ooh, this is your spoiler warning um so automaton of shale is a pop-up book that contains a self-contained adventure inside of it you get some unique baddies in the mix, you get some unique loot, some unique encounters, and it's basically just a start-to-finish play. Um, there's also a unique tyrant. That's fine. That's fine and good. Yeah. Um, the pop-up book itself is its interesting. It, it's fine. It's a pop-up book. But $55 for a pop-up book is a lot to ask of people, right? However, there's more to this than meets the eye. Automaton of Shale is not just what it says on the tin and Automaton of Shale ended up being one of the last things I purchased for this game because of that right. which I kind of regret now like I wish I had gotten into it a little bit sooner because there's some really cool aspects to Automaton of Shale Let, let's just cut to the chase um a lot of the content that you have for too many bones contains riddles and the big joke in the community is that these riddles do not exist. So if you ask anyone from Chip Theory Games, they will deny it. Uh, you're insane. What are yeah. you talking about? <laughs> exactly. There's no riddles. I'm not I don't gaslighting know. you. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> the fuck is gaslight?
0: Gasket light. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so Automaton of Shale contains a riddle as well. But the Automaton of Shale riddle is much bigger, it's much deeper, and it has much, in my opinion, much more interesting rewards. So all of these riddles do have rewards that come with them. We'll try to steer clear of what those actual rewards yeah. are, because that's big-time spoilers, and we don't want to do that. Do it yourself. Yeah, figure it out yourself, losers, like the rest of us <laughs> had, too. Um, or, or, or one person um, in your group had <laughs> yeah exactly it was me in case you guys are wondering yeah. um, but you know the base game includes a riddle undertow includes a riddle unbreakable includes a riddle um, and then splice and dice includes a riddle but automaton of shale has a huge riddle to it um, and it is again it is it's intense it's really fun um, the chip theory games I know they contracted with a um, like a, like a puzzle design company specifically for the Automaton of Shale, and it shows. Um, so my, my point with this being, if you like the puzzles that you may inevitably stumble across with too many bones, Automaton of Shale is a whole lot of puzzle. Oh, yeah. Okay, I think that does it for our spoilers. So if you left the room, come back. Uh, or... You should
1: probably find out a way to let them know they can come back. Yeah, to have to skip through it.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll put in a timestamp or something. Okay. Um, but let's talk about the add-on gear locks because I do think that's kind of the last portion of this conversation. Nick never did
1: put in that timestamp. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, honestly, it'd be kind of funny if I did. You want to funny, actually? Okay. Gear locks. Um, you've got what is it? Did we count them? It was nine separate standalone, buy- purchasable gear locks. Ten.
1: Oh well. Nine and then an extra. Nine and a weirdo. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> nine and a weirdo sounds like it, I don't I don't know. It sounds like, like an another old TV podcast show. Or yeah. Something. There you go. Nine and a weirdo. Uh, maybe that's our spinoff show. Is yeah. nine and a weirdo. Uh, we are in
1: Utah, so.
0: <laughs> four episodes in, and we're already talking about our spinoff show. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Um, these nine and the weirdo, you've got Nugget. Who is, we've kind of talked about her before, but she is pretty straightforward for uh, like a beginner, right? If you are starting out with the game and you are looking for some ways to supplement your Gearlock lineup, I do think that Nugget is a decent choice. I don't think she's that bad. I think. Yeah. I think that she does some weird things with loot and trove loot that's kind of interesting. She's got some ways that she can move around on the board. She's got a really interesting long blade. And she can kind of stance dance between being ranged and melee. And that's interesting. Yeah. But it's also not too complex. You're not doing a bunch of rules overhead to deal with that. Um,
1: I, I think it also kind of brings you into the world of loot as well. It does. Which we personally both think is a little bit underwhelming. For sure,
0: especially in the base game. Yes. And I would even say in Undertow as well. Yeah. I think in Unbreakable, they did a pretty good job with the loot. I think it's at least, like, it it's least a worthwhile impactful.
1: option at this point. For sure. Whereas in the base game, it was not.
0: It was kind of meh. Um, <laughs> I hated the way Can I said that. you make that noise one more time? Meh. Yeah um nugget is cool is what we're trying to get at. So if you're looking for an add-on nugget is up there for a beginner. Um gilly is also pretty up there for a beginner. Although gilly does have this cool power creep thing going on where gilly is a freaking beast. Yeah. Gilly can just destroy stuff. Um and is kind of a one-man army in a lot of ways. You can set up these pets these summons to go out on the board and tank for you and deal damage for you. Gilly is just kind of wild.
1: Yeah, and it's great for solo gameplay Super too good or if you for want to solo. do the campaigns. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could probably breeze through a campaign with Gilly.
0: Honestly, yeah. I don't think you'd even really have much of a struggle with it. I've played I've played with Gilly on like solo on the highest difficulty just to kind of see how that felt and it's still felt like i Easy. felt like i was playing a difficulty below yeah. you know um so gilly is really solid if you're struggling with the game if you're dying a lot this game can be tough as nails so if you're struggling gilly is a great
1: way um, to jump in gilly also like her the picture of her is really cool it kind of looks like gilly's if your a grandma boy. uh went into the hunger games
0: <laughs> gilly's a boy but i love it's a boy. Yeah, oh, gilly's I don't a know um, but Gilly is, uh, definitely kind of looks like a, I always thought he looks more like a crazy scout master. You know? so, <laughs> like he, like he's just, he's just like going so wild. He's that one weird guy at the trading post of scout camp that you went to when you were 13.
1: Yeah. And he, he's an ex-military. <laughs> he's ex-military. And he's, he's just, sees ghosts in the forest. He's got a peg leg. He's got a pet Wolverine. Yeah, Yeah.
0: Like that guy
1: you all look up to him cuz he's a badass. <laughs> he's
0: a badass. Yeah. Um and then you've also got Tink in the first wave. We are not recommending no. that you get Tink to begin with. Um, I, I will
1: say as an avid lover of bot builders, um Tink's a little underwhelming. Feels like the bots he make kind of just end up getting destroyed really easily or I
0: feel like they just fall apart. They just fall apart. Um, there are some big tank lovers out in the community, but I don't think any of them are going to argue that tank has a lot of rules overhead to him. So unless you are just a sucker for pain and rules overhead, and you really, really want that bot building fantasy, I would probably steer clear until you're just rounding out your collection. Um, moving on to gasket. We've already kind of touched on gasket. Gasket is a tank bruiser kind of character. Um, he's also a mech. And the mech status is really cool. It gives you immunity to a lot of different kinds of status effects and makes him better able to tank. Um, he's fairly simple. Yeah. I would say he's kind of middling in figuring out. I don't think he's more complex than, like, Boomer. And he's certainly not more no. complex than Tantrum.
1: He takes a little bit to, to find out how you want to play him and kind of what you need to do to play him well. But
0: for sure, you'll but- get
1: there pretty easily.
0: And he's also he's pretty forgiving. The fact that all of his skill dice just unexhaust for free, yeah. um, the fact that his uh, his directive skill lines are just rolled for free. You don't spend any decks.
1: And I will say, there's not a lot of tanks in in the base games.
0: Yeah, it's it's true. Like if you're if you're looking at just um, Undertow and Unbreakable, you don't really have. a A
1: viable tank option i mean
0: you do have viable tank options but you don't have a hard line like frontline tank you don't don't have a a big party tank for sure um because stanza can be played as a tank you can build stanza as a tank that's fair and you can build gale as a tank um hybrid tank i'd say hybrid tank hybrid tank you could you could do a full tank build you could do tank, and uh, you do all the defense die, right. and you do the support, the support die. die, and you can do all kinds of healing, including healing to yourself. That is true. And you set up a ton of defense dice. It can work. It can work. <laughs> <laughs> you can quote me on that one. I'm just your local gale shitter. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb does not like gale, um, but that's okay. So gasket would mean nice <laughs> Gasket is pretty solid. Um, moving on to Dart and the Lab Rats, I feel like they occupy the exact same space, so I think we just talk about them in the same breath. Okay. Dart has a reversible mat and has a little boar companion, but her whole thing revolves around these like throwing darts and the toxicology thing. She's like kind of a support, kind of a damage dealer. She's super weird. She's got a lot of rules overhead. We do not recommend her for a beginner.
1: Yeah. she. Um, I mean, she's really cool. You could pick her up later on. I wouldn't recommend having her as the first gearlock you pick up if you get, like, a base game and a gearlock. For sure. I would recommend picking up Dart eventually. Yeah, I do think I she's think a worthwhile yeah. gearlock. I just don't think she's good to start. No, definitely not. Um, and same the, with Lab Rats. And the Lab
0: Rats fit that exact same spot. There's a ton of rules overhead for the Lab Rats, probably arguably the most of any gear lock um and the lab rats i don't know i love the lab lab rats i think they're really really fun they are man i i say i have so many favorites the lab rats (laughs) might be they were for at least a time my very favorite to play i love playing them in solo i think they're really interesting and they have a cool puzzle to them but good gravy if you are um, if you are intimidated by the complexity of this game, do not pick up the lab no. rats right away. Like, just give yourself some time to breathe and you can get them eventually, but don't start with them. Don't do that
1: to yourself. Don't
0: do it to yourself. Um, that brings us on to our final set here uh, Static. How do we feel
1: about Static? Honestly, I think Static's like an S tier character. I do too. I, he's not super complex, so you really can just get him as your first extra gear lock if you I wanted think to. So if you need someone who's a little bit more brawly instead of a if you have like a ranged character like mm-hmm. um why did i just blink if you've got like figment, if you're starting <laughs> like with figment or gale
0: figment or gale if you're starting with unbreakable um you can definitely throw carcass into the mix i think carcass would work great in the mix yes with uh undertow i even think he would work great in the i just said carcass i meant static that's who we're talking about <laughs> i think i was like you moved on so quickly you moved on so <laughs> quick uh i do think that static works great in the base game i think that he's just great all around i think he's great in solo i think he's great in multiplayer and he's fun he's really fun he's so much fun he's got a super interesting engine and i think that he's just powerful yeah. he's just a strong powerful like solid character he's kind of like a monk from he game is game. yeah he's cool he's, he's like a monk with these like knuckle dusters that zap things. He's cool. He's got a really cool uh, uh, card art for him as well. He does. He looks awesome. Um, Moving on to Carcass. Um, I would say that Carcass is a soft, not recommend. Mm. Um, He is interesting. He does some really cool things, but he has a lot of unique mechanics that you're dealing with. He's a tank that deals with... um, kind of hooking Hicking up your bad, and cooking yes. yeah hooking and cooking baddies so you have to manage the baddies a lot you have to make sure that you're dealing last hits to them in order right. to put them on your meat hooks or get them in other ways which is complicated and it takes a lot to do you have to manage some consumable dice that take up in his supplies you have to manage his recipes it's kind of a lot to ask of a new player um I don't think that he's that complex like there are certainly more complex gear locks he's not as bad as Tink or Dart or the Lab Rats, but mm, I I think he's middle of the pack in terms of complexity.
1: I would agree with that.
0: Polaris, the last one we're talking about.
1: I would highly recommend Polaris. Whoa. Yes. Whoa, hold on, folks. That's a deviation from the script here. (laughs) (laughs) Defend
0: your point. I love it. Okay, okay.
1: So Polaris might be a little bit more difficult than some of the other ones we've listed that you, you can really just go into do really well and just not have any problems so polaris um i think she's really interesting she has the um, um the orbs i want to call them marbles because <laughs> i don't know why she has the orbs that she can put on the board they can do healing they can do damage i think she's really fun Is she the is reason fun. why i would recommend her she just she looks cool she has cool abilities she's interesting compared to a lot of the like more like standard like classes that you see she kind of feels like she can mark a few different roles at the same time
0: she almost feels like a she mix. she feels like a like a mage almost
1: yeah she feels like a mage but she also like she has healing with her orbs as well she can do a lot with um she's got healing debuffs movement displacement of baddies yes so Um, she she's got like the full package and especially if you're gonna get something like undertow that's where true. you have to have some sort of movement or di- displacement. Yeah. Like, like what was the boss we were just talking about that we, we went against?
0: Oh, um, the one that we went up against was Cinder from Unbreakable. Like Cinder,
1: you you could definitely make a, an argument for players being really good against Cinder just so definitely. you can move the baddies where they need to be to fill those holes on the lava mat or move your, your own characters around. Why are you looking at me like that?
0: <laughs> well, because you said fill those holes. So. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> I'm never <laughs> speaking again. <laughs>
0: um, I, I don't know that I will agree with your strong recommendation for Polaris. Okay. But Can I do I'll think... go fuck myself. <laughs> <laughs> I do think Polaris is cool. I love Polaris. But I think that her rules overhead... I don't know. I, I, I have a hard time seeing that be worth it for a new player. So maybe, maybe, okay, for the kind of new player that is not daunted by stanza, that is not daunted by figment, if you, because okay. I do think that she occupies a similar space. Yes. Maybe not quite as high as stanza. I don't actually, think she's on par, but. Actually, as I say that, I think she is about on par with stanza. You think stanza. so? She's not on par with Dart or the Lab Rats, but I think she's on par with stanza. Was
1: well, she, Kage for me, she felt like one of the characters where I breezed through and I can just play it right, mm-hmm. and then maybe I make a couple mistakes, but like you kind of just figure it out pretty easily. Sure. So I would say in that case, but I feel like stanza's is the same way, and I think I Figment's can't speak the to that because I haven't played stanza. Oh, but, we got to get you playing uh, stanza, my boy. Um, I, I, I wouldn't. Okay, I will say this. Maybe not the first gear lock you want to get for sure, but like if you're getting like two just to have four for like max amount of players, I would recommend picking up players just to have someone with. A little bit more complexity, who is also, I think, extremely fun to play. Definitely.
0: I will certainly not argue with you in saying Polaris is fun. I think that she is super-duper cool. Um, I think she's a blast to play. I think she's a blast to play solo. I think she's a blast to play with a bunch of people. Um, I'm a big Polaris fan. So maybe maybe a soft recommend? Okay. Can We, we can uh, uh, compromise onto that? I, I'm cool with that. Cool. Um, and then our weirdo... The nine and a weirdo. This is our weirdo.
1: Hey, guys. I'm right here.
0: (laughs) That's terrible. Um, We've got Riffle. Uh, So Riffle is... The thing about Riffle is that Riffle is not purchasable at all times. No. Riffle is tied to um, certain events that happen within the community and is only available for 48 hours at a time. Um, Riffle is a deck-building kind of character, he, Riffle revolves around this, like, deck management, this management of these, like, this deck of, like, poker cards, and he or they, Riffle trades um, some skill dice for having this deck, and so it doesn't really quite have as many skill dice, but this deck is really interesting, and um, how do we feel about Riffle for a new player in the off chance that you are getting this game, getting into this game when Riffle is around? Maybe that's even the thing that's sparking It's very
1: difficult to just get him in the first place, so it might not be the most viable
0: option. But you could have a situation where it's like, okay, I'm only getting into this game now. I've seen things about it, and I've kind of like, ah, I've put it on the back burner, but okay, Riffle's available, so I get it now. Let's do
1: it. I would make the argument if you're really into the puzzles... Mm-hmm. and that's the thing that you really enjoy about the game if you're getting all those i would recommend getting riffle because yeah. there there is a puzzle where you well, never mind <laughs>
0: <laughs> riffle has some interactions
1: with some of the things that don't exist yes um i will say uh as someone who has only played him once i didn't really feel like i wanted to play him again i like deck builders and he felt a little underwhelming and kind underwhelming. of forgettable like i i remember when you asked me like oh like okay so explain riffle and i'm like All I remember is he had cards, and he had one really good ability, and that's all Mm -hmm. I can remember. I do feel like Riffle
0: is on the weaker side of the scale, which is actually really unfortunate. I think that um, just for the kind of space that Chip Theory wanted Riffle to occupy, of like, hey, this is like a big event, this is a big draw to our store, I think that they would have really benefited by having a busted-ass gear lock in that spot. You know what I'm saying? Um, But I do feel like Riffle... Again, he's not unplayable. None of the gear locks are unplayable. Um, but I do think that he's a little lower on the effectiveness tree. Yeah, We have plans to do an eventual tier list on all of these gear locks.
1: I'm excited for that.
0: I am too. And we will get to Riffle in our combo guide series. Um, but when we talk about him, we may not have the most exciting things to say. I think that Riffle is also not a recommend.
1: Yeah, and I, I will say we haven't tried him with the things that do not exist portion.
0: That's true. Um, we we have
1: yet to, which we've heard is uh, something that makes him a lot better, more a yeah. viable pick.
0: It's it's possible that that those kind of things can impact him, but again, for somebody who's just getting into this game, who's just starting, you know, just starting with this collection. I just don't, I I can't, I can't see it. He's too underwhelming. He's too, he's too underwhelming and he's also just too much to ask in terms of complexity. So unless you're a collector, right, unless you are rounding out your collection or if you're starting this game um, during those off times when Riffle is available and you're like, hey, that looks interesting. I got to pick it up now while I can. Okay, fine. Go for it. Do whatever you want uh if you if, uh, take our advice and throw it away i guess <laughs> whatever um you know of course it's your life you're welcome to do whatever you hey, want hey you've just but... been
1: sitting here for an hour and a few minutes. <laughs> but what do we know what do we know <laughs>
0: um okay i think that uh i think that leads us into a into a an ad break except we don't have ads we'll just call it an us break yeah yeah i need a break from you <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need a break from dealing with your shit ah, <laughs> uh so let's uh let's take five here but while we take five should we do our baddie of the week
1: oh I forgot. we need like
0: we need like batty of the week music or something maybe i can find some so this week's batty of the week we have got the orc minor caleb mm-hmm. you want to tell us about the orc minor
1: yeah, so the orc miner has rage one and rating. He has four health, three movement, and he rolls one defense dice. And Wait, then it's not three movement; it's three. Oh, initiative. sorry, three initiative, not three movement. Um, and then Bird is going to get the sheet so we can uh, read off what rage one and rating actually do.
0: Here we go. We've got rage one. Rage number: If this unit has less than full hit points, it gains number of additional tact dice. So the Orc Miner, when it's at anything less than its 4 HP, it gains one attack dice in addition to its innate uh, one defense. And then it also has rating. Rating says this unit gains one extra attack dice for every other Orc-type baddie on the battle mat. So if you end up with a lot of Orcs and the Orc Miner and it somehow ends up starting with less than 1 HP...
1: Yeah, it's going to be a very threatening enemy. Yeah, it can have some decent uh decent swing to it, for sure. I, I just want to say in the Unbreakable pack, there's a lot of fan service going on with the orc specifically. <laughs> so like just looking at this chip, it's just like a big beefy muscular shirtless orc with a minor hat and a giant pickaxe.
0: He looks he looks good. He he looks like he's having a good time.
1: He does look like he's having a good time.
0: Um man, are we going to get some like some like art of this guy like I want to see some like community
1: art that would be of hilarious. just the orc miner um, there's some other ones too though. some
0: of the orcs are uh, they're pretty good looking the orc, maybe they'll orc be orc
1: deserter and orc blacksmith they... honorable mentions honorable
0: mentions for the uh, for the sexiest baddie hmm. um, the orc miner also targets uh, only one uh, opposing unit and he targets the strongest and he is melee that's our baddie of the week baddie of the week Badoom that doesn't make any sense as an outro. But Alright, well let's go on to our kind of secondary topic today. We got 20 strong. Um I don't know why I'm trying to be cryptic about this, but we got 20 strong. This is the newest Chip Theory Games. Uh Chip Theory Games game. The newest chip theory game. Huh. Uh this is the newest game created by CT. Game game, game, game,
1: game, game. Game,
0: game, game, game. Um, and it's, it's really interesting. So it's a modular system. Um, you've got some basic rules that, uh, revolve around, how would you describe it? It's like, if you've played one deck dungeon, it's kind of a similar sort of system. You're rolling dice, you're mitigating the, the randomness of the dice. Um, you are trying to overcome certain events, certain bad guys, You have a hero character with certain stats. Three of your 20 dice are used just on stats, and the remaining 17 are your... I think thematically they're supposed to be warriors. But they're they're basically action dice. And the system is really cool because it is modular. You've got um, one deck that's based around uh, Solar Sentinels, which are a new IP from chip theory um you've got these kind of i don't know how would you describe them they're gundams that's what they are yes. in the one episode i was talking you, you about it and i couldn't i couldn't freaking Gundam. it was oh i did put the cutting you in? Okay. did yes man future nick at least saves my butt yeah that um, guy's cool i like that guy yeah <laughs> what a great guy yeah. oh Peshaw, stop you're making me blush here's
1: like your alternative uh, persona like my alter yeah, <laughs> um
0: so solar sentinels is a really interesting ip you've got these gundam robot robots um knights that use the power of the sun and they're fighting against these giant bugs on the moon um the solar sentinels deck is the simplest i would say of all of the decks um and it's also the only one that i have successfully (laughs) won so far this game is tough as they are very difficult yes um it is really really hard we've played between the two of us we've played two games well you you and i played two games Together. together yeah and i've played an additional like four games we've played like i've played like seven total games between the two of us, and w- have won one. Yeah. One singular game, Solar Sentinels on the easiest difficulty, the and easiest deck on the easiest difficulty.
1: Let's let's have you talk about Solar Sentinels to start out because yeah. that's the one that only you played.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's that sounds good. So Solar Sentinels is like I said, it's kind of this IP based around these Gundams and killing Moon Bugs. It's pretty simple. You pick your your Gundam. You roll dice against these Moon Bugs. And you're just trying to defeat enough enemies to get through one of the stacks, face a boss, defeat the boss, you win. Pretty standard, pretty cut and dry. It really does feel like this is the basic 20-strong experience. It feels like this system was designed with this deck in mind, and I think it was. Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of people online kind of talk about this, like this is the core experience. I also think... It's pretty interesting. It has this mission deck that is kind of an optional rule that you can add on. Um, I quite like the mission deck. I think it's interesting. It adds some extra kind of challenge into the game. Um, I didn't think it added that much, and I think... I I don't know. I almost feel like... I, I really do feel like the system was designed with this deck in mind. But I do think it's cool that the system is so modular, and you can do <laughs> different things. Why are you laughing?
1: I was just busy playing with this.
0: Oh, the day magnetic. counter,
1: and then I forgot you were <laughs> talking. I looked over at him, and he looked like a deer
0: caught in headlights. He's playing with this magnetic chip that came with Twenty Strong, um, which is really cool. It's like a little counter chip, and it has this little magnet back to it and it's it, it's, it's fun swift. to play with it's it's really cool um okay let's move on to the other decks here um Too Many Bones you have played this one you want to tell us about Too Many Bones
1: yeah so the Too Many Bones one was really fun actually it actually plays fairly similarly to actual Too Many Bones I've seen people online call it Too Many Bones light yeah kind of like that it honestly you could argue though this is like the light version of Too Many Bones yeah um so it's, it's too many bones with cards and then different kinds of dice. Obviously, you have the ones where you roll um, for a hit chance instead of skill dice. But So you have a couple different characters you can play with. Uh, I played with Figment. There's Figment,
0: Patches, Duster,
1: Gasket. gasket. I think there's one more. Oh, is there one wise? more? I think there's one more, yeah. Nugget. Nugget. So you got five. Um, they do have very different abilities than too many bones they do that was kind of nice they're they are thematic though yeah um i played with figment you played with patches i did play patches um i felt like i chose the hardest enemy and the least impactful character (laughs) Uh, i only got to nine days yeah um out of i think it was 11 for mine which was like the highest day counter yeah you Um, played
0: against oxide
1: pretty difficult game honestly it's basically you just you got to manage your dice you need to make sure you're going to have a way of getting them back or just not using all of them and lasting until the the boss battle but um i think i got to nine and then you were playing with with patches against i played barnacle barnacle who i think was day nine and you got to like day seven or eight
0: it was day eight but i think i got to day seven and lost yes i remember it was like right before um, and I also remember that the first two games I played at this game, I played Solar Sentinels. And both of those times, within the first, uh, I think, three... No, first two rounds, I lost. Mm-hmm. Just like that. Like, you can open this box up and lose. Yeah,
1: it it's not the easiest game. I feel like we need to play more to really we do. grasp the full concept of... Of what we should be doing. In I also think this is one that we should get you a copy of. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I also, we played a, we kind of played where I played and he would give me advice. He played, I gave him advice. I feel like you could easily two-hand this game, even though it's you honestly not could. made to be two-handed.
0: I would love to see some homebrew for this. Yes. And I'm excited for this game to have a little bit more, you know, content. lifetime. Yes, content, which we'll talk about. But just having more lifetime in people's hands, because I think that some of the homebrew stuff is, I I don't know, I think it has some potential. I think that you could pretty easily just sort of play this game as though it is two players, you know? Like if you had a second set of dice and a second hero, I don't see any reason why you couldn't play alongside each other. I mean, the game's probably not tuned around that, right? It probably doesn't quite work. I'm sure there's some weird shenanigans. We're going to try it out, though. Yeah. You know what? I think we could do it.
1: I mean I've played plenty of board games where it was meant to be like a uh, free for all with four different players and I've just played all four characters. Yeah, and, that's true. And it's you know, you can you can make it work if you really want to. I feel like this one's easier to make it work. I think
0: I think it's I think it is doable. I would love to see chip theory in the future include a way that it can be not solo. Yes. I would love to see that officially sponsored. Because they have talked about, they plan to do a total of nine decks for this. There's a plans for nine total decks and we'll talk about three of them. Yeah. Or well we'll we'll talk about six of them. Well okay. Okay. So we'll talk about the three that we currently have, the three that are most soon upcoming, um, and then the last three are a total mystery. Nobody knows anything about those. Yeah, so that's the the Too Many Bones deck. You've also got a Hoplomachus Victorum deck. This one is the thickest. There's a lot going on in here. The rules changes um, are pretty significant. It kind of changes a lot of things. You end up fighting the unused heroes in the same way that you do in Hoplomachus Victorum. You've got your premises. It's interesting. I think it's an interesting system. Um, I've looked through the cards. I've set it up, but I have not yet... Played Caleb's looking through them now. Um, I have not yet played through the Hoplomachus Victorum deck because I still can't win consistently on the other ones. So. I
1: will say, out of the three, I think Victorum has the coolest art style, and oh, I love the art style. Interesting characters, in that I I want to play them based on how they look.
0: One of these days, I'm gonna send you home with Hoplomachus Victorum, the big box.
1: I thought you were just going to cut it off after sending me home. One of these days, I'm going to send you home. <laughs> he, I've
0: abducted him and put him in my basement for the last four weeks so that we can do this podcast. Yeah, yeah. The only time I let you out is when you record with me. Oh, God. Um, so the Hoplomachus Victorian one we still can't really speak to, um, but we will be playing it. I think it's really interesting. It sets up this like little pyramid stack um, that you have to fight against, and that is
1: interesting to me. We also should talk about, kind of just like a, an honorable mention, some of the characters in the individual games you can play in the other um, two games. In the
0: other decks. That is true. You've got, they call them universal heroes, um, that can be spread across. I should just fucking finish this. So it's on the <laughs>
1: We're going to take a quick pause break so Bird can put the uh, <laughs> cards back in the box. There we go. The way you had it,
0: the rule book was sticking out at the bottom. Oh, and it was bugging me. My OCD Can't do anything
1: right. (laughs) Go back in the basement.
0: (laughs) See, now we have to leave this bit in. Um, You do have these universal heroes that can be played between the decks. Um, I think I have yet to do one of them outside of their home deck, but I do think that that adds to some of the longevity of the game. If you have a hero that you really like, um, you can play them across all of the decks, and I think that's fun. Um, Too Many Bones... Includes a way to use backup plans for heroes that are not from Too Many Bones, which is cool And that also leads us into the three decks that are coming up soon And also the promo cards that came with this Kickstarter. So we ended up with three universal heroes Jack, Stilts, and Tink um, Which are obviously, you know, Jack and the Beanstalk, Stilts is Rumpelstiltskin, and Tink is in Tinkerbell Um, But this is an entirely new Chip Theory IP that is going to be coming soon. Um, And it sounds like it's going to be pretty specifically for um, 20 Strong. I don't think they're going to make an actual, like, a a big box game out of this. Um, But it's going to be three separate decks all under this one IP, the Tanglewoods. They're going to have the red deck, the gold deck, and the white deck. Um, We have been told that the mechanics are going to be substantially different between the different decks, we have no idea how but that is what we've heard and we also the person who does the art oh boy i forget his name but he's the person who does uh, like the art is amazing it's so so cool and he's the person who does the art for dice throne if you know the game dice throne
1: very fun game
0: very fun game and it's very very good art so i am super excited to see the art that he puts out for the Tanglewoods decks. Manny Tremblay is the name of this incredible designer. Sounds like he's going to be working with Chip Theory on both the Tanglewoods decks as well as a new upcoming project called Roth. Stay tuned. We're going to talk about it all. I think I think we quite like
1: 20 Strong. Is that fair to say? Do we, do we like it? I think it's solid. Um, it currently is just a solo player game. It is. Which I have a hard time doing unless I'm like bored on a vacation or something totally. like that. Or like I used to have a job where um, I didn't have to pay attention too much. I was, like, just saying verbatim what I'm hearing to translate stuff. So I, I would play a board game, a solo uh-huh. board game while I wait. So, I mean, obviously there's people that really are into solo board games and will play them just in their free time. Uh, like like Bert. Weirdos <laughs> like me. <laughs> um, I would like to see either of them implement something that's maybe two-handed. or I would love to see that. Or, I mean, we could just try it out when i get my own copies
0: for sure i think i think we'll probably end up doing a little homebrew version of that but i would love to see some official support for that i would love to see a way that this can be multi-handed because i really think that the system is not like i don't think the system is adverse to that i think it can be done Um, i
1: also would say i'm really excited for the fairy tales
0: yeah the tanglewoods it like just the art on these is really cool these universal heroes that came as promo cards have like yeah. these like evil reversed sides that they flip to and they flip back and forth. They're like stance dancers almost.
1: We're and just thinking of all the, the potential that you have with a with fairy, the fairy tale. tales. Yeah. Um,
0: because the the red, gold, and white decks, it's supposed to be Little Red Riding Hood, uh, um, Goldilocks, and Snow White. That like sounds those are awesome. the three, right? Like that sounds so cool. I'm really excited I'm going to, to see red this. Hood. <laughs> I've, I've got That's to remember the name of this too. artist because he is so so talented, and it's gonna kill me. I'm sure that Future Nick will. I was gonna make
1: a joke that. about that. Uh, future Nick here. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, future Nick here. I don't sound like that. 20 strong is really interesting it's hard as nails uh pick it up and buy it and go purchase it from chip theory we're not sponsored we just like their shit yeah
1: there's awesome <laughs> quality board games and card games
0: yeah true that um but chip theory if you're listening you know uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, hire me please <laughs> please 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 notice
0: me where are you but, uh, and we also think that you should get into Too Many Bones, but odds are, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably already into it, but yeah. hey, if you've got some friends, and those friends are like, <laughs> if, they I- have I- friends. I- if you have friends, <laughs> uh, if you have friends that are interested in this game and don't know where to start, uh, in building their own collection, uh, send them a link to this episode. How crazy would that be, Bestie? Probably time for me to take over the outro. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. We really appreciate all of your continued support. You can now find us on Spotify, Amazon Music, as well as Apple Podcasts. Feel free to leave us any reviews, comments, uh, just about anything. We love hearing from you guys. Um, I, honestly, we are very uh, excited by how many people we've ended up with who are listening to the show. I think it's more than either Caleb or I thought we would get, at least to start with. Uh, you guys have been absolutely fantastic. Um, also wanted to mention, just kind of a quick little apology, we didn't do an episode last week because it's American Thanksgiving, um, so we had a lot of stuff going on with our individual families, we had a lot going on. And I didn't realize until this week that I actually didn't say anything about that in the week previous's episode. So sorry for just being gone for a full week. Uh, Going forward, we're going to have a little bit more of a kind of straightforward, upfront kind of scheduling. So let's just go over that real quickly here. Right now, of course, you can expect uh, continued episodes from us each week on Thursdays. Um, We do have some holidays coming up here pretty shortly, though, and both Victoria and I, my wife and I, are going to be out on vacation for a couple of weeks right around the New Year. Um, So with Christmas coming up, we are going to take a brief break um, for those couple of weeks. So that's going to be the week of Christmas, the week of New Year's, and the week following. Now, we should, however, be back pretty shortly following the new year. Uh, We plan to be back on the 18th. So both my wife and I are going to still be out of town on the 11th. So expect another episode on the 18th. However, uh, since we'll have Caleb here by his lonesome, we are working on some uh, maybe some episodes for him. Maybe he'll do something solo for you guys. So don't count us out entirely just yet, uh, but we may have a little bit of a brief hiatus there, or at least a partial hiatus. We'll kind of see how it all plays out. But as always, you guys can reach us at thespireslookout at gmail.com. We're also working on some other social medias, so stay tuned for those. And as always, keep on crushing those baddies.